Come on, Izzy. Let's go. Come on, let's go. Come on, Izzy. Time is ticking. Tick, tick. All right, so I'm going to be fast because Joel's in a hurry. So basically, I'm going to start off and talk about how I got called into ministry whenever I was very young. Last year at YFN, they had called me on stage, blah, blah, told me that I was called to ministry. Pastor Micah did. And I was like, okay, like, that's what I want to do. But went back home, and I was just like, nah. I was like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do that, like, I don't feel like I'm, I feel like I'm too young to do that. That was what went in my head whenever. That is not true. But God, but God. So I went into it with an expectation that I'm going to get this calling again. I'm going to refurbish myself and just like say, okay, Izzy, you're going to be called into ministry again. You're going to be okay. Like everything's just going to just go again, right? And so I've, my, everybody knows I'm like a love church camp. Like I absolutely love it. I interned at Discovery Camp my whole life, like months. It was, it, was my, it was definitely super fun for me. And so, hold on, everybody. So I felt like before camp, I just felt like really defeated. And I was like, I just don't feel like I'm called for this. I felt like I wasn't worthy enough of being in ministry. So, and what I did to get closer to God was just pray when I was there. I just was like, God, I need to get in my, like, in my element. I need to, I'm in my element, God. Like, show me what you want me to do. And so when I was there, I was like, I'm going to take the first night and I'm going to focus it back on myself and just get me right with God. And then the, all the other nights is going to be where I go out to people and pray for them. And so that's what I did. So the first night was freaking awesome. I had a great night. It was awesome. And then the second night is whenever Terry, <laughs> Terry went up to me and was like, in the morning, he was like, you need, you, you're called to go out and pray for people. I need to do it tonight. I was like, okay, well, that's crazy because I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, we're thinking the same thing. Okay. So, <laughs> so that's what happened. I prayed. And so the first night, I've always felt really close to Fallon. Fallon's like my little baby, and I'm like, I feel like I'm her older sister. It's just like we're super close like that. And... I knew that was the first person I wanted to pray for, so I went up to her, and I had a vision of her, and it was, I closed my eyes whenever, I remember where I was, I, I, well, it's a lot of mixed up in my mind, but basically I closed my eyes, and I saw Fallon on stage preaching to people and ministering to people, and then the lights went out, and all I heard, like, all I just felt was she feels too scared to go out and to minister to people. Like, she just feels so scared because of her past. So, and then the, all the lights came back on, and then she went off to preaching again. So, that's how I became closer to Fallon. I just felt like me and her were so close, and she went down so many times. She was like, boom, boom, boom. And then I went to, I went to Gracie. I went to Morgan. I went to Laney. I went to Nola. I went to, I went to everybody. Basically, and so after I went through my whole youth group, I went out to other people, just started declaring things over them, and I just felt like super on fire. Like I felt like that fire had started inside of me that had went back on last year. So then this third night, the third night was even crazier than the second night. Um, 
I remember we had a small group session with our nation reps and everyone was sharing and I just felt so happy and I had shared about how like I was called into the nations as a young age and how I was going to Africa and two days yeah two days <laughs> and so I was telling them about it and, and then my nation rep pulled me aside and was like is you need to have you can't just have focus on other people your whole time there this is a one time you're going to be here for one time a year you don't you can go out and minister to people out in the real world but you need to focus on yourself first so I was like dang, maybe I did look at this all wrong. So um, then I went that night, we had the night service, and I went up to our nation rep, Briley, and she just started declaring these things over me that all my fear of me feeling like I was rejected, they were all gone. And I just, I really like started hysterically crying, and it was like crazy. And I got free of feeling like I was going to be rejected by the whole world. And that was... That was great. I felt, I felt so much powerful. I felt all the past of me feeling like I wasn't worthy enough of being able to have this job in ministry that was gone, having that fear. It was gone, and I just felt awesome. And then I remember I was just trying to get to the front, and I told y'all I wasn't trying to focus on other people, but I just put my hand on someone to pass by, and they go, boom. And I was like, oh, crap, crap. Let me grab them real quick. And then I just, they keep going down and down, and I was just grabbing them, and I was like, Gosh, this is like what I want to do my whole life. I was like, this is where I'm called to be is for the nations, going out to the world and preaching for people, changing people's lives, and I don't ever want to leave. And so I wanted this whole week to just make sure that that's what I want to do, and that's 100% what I want to do. I'm called for the nations. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to go out, and I'm going to change so many people's lives, and I'm going to Africa in two days, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Hold on. I got to do my little scripture. And my scripture is Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. All right, I'm going to let y'all get a little bit of taste from Terry because Terry was prophesying over these kids like crazy. So come on, Terry. Uh, Joel told me I only had 30 seconds because Jacob took an hour. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna... to... That's okay. Hey, hey shh. Um, so first I want to start by saying um, I went as a leader... But I also went as a father. And those of y'all who have been in battle with me, Mandy, and Miranda, y'all seen the transformation. Serena's seen that transformation. Ginger, you have seen that transformation. That's not the same kid that went to camp. She came home a completely different person. Um, Well, the kids all said that I was reading their mail all week. But... These kids read my mail. Um, look, anybody ever want to pray for me, you just come lay hands on me and pray for me. I'm good with that, right? And except a Lee. A Lee, a Gray, and a Martin cannot pray for me because when y'all do, I fall down every single time. Um, so those of y'all who really, really knows me, since I was 17 years old, I've dipped. 
uh, a faithful father-in-law back there told me when I was 17, he said, Terry, quit now before you get addicted to it. And I was cocky. I don't get addicted to nothing. 20 years later, ex-drug addict, I was still bad on it. And he's always told me, Clay's always told me that, you know, we can't deliver ourselves. that only God can truly deliver us. If we do it, we're going to replace it. Um, during one of our leadership uh, classes, Quentin said a statement. Let me, I'm good? Okay. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That's what it was. Um, you can't cast out what you entertain. Um, so after our leadership meeting, he kept pouring into us and saying that, you know, don't just let the youth students get something out of this week. Y'all get something out of it too. And from the moment that he said that, I even wrote it in big bold letters in my phone, I realized I'm addicted to it. I mean, I've given up drugs, and, and, and I've changed so many things about my life, but there's things that these kids have came up to me and talked to me about, and how can I tell them not to do something if I'm showing weakness? So when he did that altar, uh, altar call, I ran down there as fast as I could. I, I think I pushed some women over. They was trying to get... <laughs> They was trying to get to Quentin, and I was like, no, me first, me first. <laughs> but I walked straight up to Quentin, and I reached in my back pocket, and I handed him my can of dip, and I told him, I said, I don't want to entertain it no more. Those of y'all who met me five years ago when I first started coming here, I'm not the same person. And we had, we had small groups, and all the kids were like, oh, Terry did this for me, Terry did this. And I went to Joel and Serena. I said, that makes me feel so uncomfortable. I even told God after that, like, I don't want to do this no more. And Joel being Joel and sarcastic all the time, he was like, yeah, that's what I would do. So I, I went to the next best thing. I was like, okay, Serena's going to give me real advice. If, if y'all don't know, don't go to Joel for advice. You know this to be true, Miss Ginger. But she just poured into me and reminded me that I'm exactly where God needs me to be. And I've, but for the youth students, I've been where y'all are at. Depression is real. Anxiety is real. Thoughts of suicide is real. Dig deeper now. Don't be in your 30s before you start trying to clean your life up. Take, take the wells that we've already dug and drink from that so you don't have to go through the struggles of digging your own.
had an absolute blast this week. But Zoe and Kylie, the youth was praying over all of us. They got Joel and Serena in the middle, and they prayed for them. And, you know, we prayed for Casey and Casey D's and, and, and Alex, man, that dude right there. He, man, I wish I could be him when I grow up. That boy is anointed. And he's going to change the world. Believe that, because that's going to happen. Alex, dude, I've told you all week, but dude, I am so grateful and honored that I've gotten to know you. Like, you literally have touched me spiritually. i got to say that so Joel don't say something stupid later. But Alex, dude, you, you've moved me this week, dude. Got my last point, then I'm done. My God, I haven't said but not one time. I'm over here. Just leave me alone. Go sit back down. Serena, he's picking on me. Kylie and Zoe got a hold of me. Kylie was, was prophesying over me, and she was saying things that I'm telling you only me and God knew. And I heard this just mighty, powerful voice. And and I'm being honest, I thought it was Serena praying for me just because of the authority behind it. And I was just like, oh, Serena's done got a hold of me once this week. I ain't trying to lose my voice no more. So I looked up, and it's Zoe and the authority that she spoke from. Each and every last one of y'all, I've seen the Spirit of God move and transform y'all's life this week. Don't allow it to end. Y'all be, y'all be the trendsetters. Y'all be the ones that bring revival to the campuses, to your friends. Be the example. Be the ones that your friends can go to and see that a light shines the brightest in y'all. All right, Joel, you can, you can run up here. Oh, wait, wait, one more thing. Wait, 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 one more thing. I don't have to go. Oh, now you're rushing me. That's it. Amen, amen, amen. All right, guys, I know this is going long, but we're doing our best to get everybody in and out of here as quick as I can. We want everybody to, 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 to let y'all know what they experienced, so come on up. Let's go, Kylie. Yay. Okay, this is going to be really out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to go ahead and say my voice is not lost because of Nation Games. It is because... I was literally crying so bad this week. (laughs) Okay. I want to start off by saying uh, when I went before camp, I was feeling like I wasn't good enough to be loved by God or good enough to be loved by our youth group because I felt like I had broken myself down so badly for five years. And for most of y'all know, five years ago, my dad passed away. And that really hurt me, like, a lot. Like, I know losing a family member is a lot, but watching my mom break down, watching my sister step up and her having to feel like she has to parent or whatever, that was just so heartbreaking. And Kinsley was so little. 
I love you, Kinsley. I see you over there. Um, but I felt like I wasn't good enough. And I was a week and a half before camp. I was trying to really grow my relationship with God because I just felt so alone. And I know a lot of our youth group and a lot of adults, like not just youth, like a lot of adults feel so alone and left by God because of their past. And I was praying over Terry and all these different things. And like God revealed to me that God revealed to me on the fourth night that I was called to minister to people and called to show them that it is okay to be vulnerable and it is okay to be like, I'm sorry. Um, we were in breakout sessions and I think it was the second, it was the actual first day of like full camp. We were in breakout sessions and Riley, she was talking about, she was like, I just broke down. I did all these things. She was people pleasing, all these things. And like her story and Lainey's story, they all stuck to me. It was like an emotional connection. People talk about soul ties and everything when you do the wrong things, but no one ever talks about the emotional connection you get when you meet someone that you never thought would go through the same thing you went through. It was so crazy because when you think about it, most people, they're like, oh, I'm the only one who feels this way. All these other people, they grow up in church. They they show that they're happy. They put on a face, but you don't realize that like when people talk about a mask, you don't realize that they're being... (coughs) honest with you they're like oh they're just saying that but um I don't know (laughs) I did all these things to myself uh I'm not gonna go into great detail because I don't feel like crying today I feel like being happy but I did a lot of things that I'm not proud of um and I made myself feel so small um but there's he he told me that um, it was like a big, long thing on the fourth night. He told me, he, God was saying, he was like, because you admitted to me how you felt and you stepped into your faith that even though I knew how you felt, you stepped out of your box and you told me how you felt. Because me telling people how I feel, me standing up right here right now telling y'all how I felt is so uncomfortable. Like, oh my goodness. <laughs> me telling y'all, especially telling my mom and everything because like she's there. Me telling her all these things that I felt, it's so uncomfortable. And he was basically saying that I'm free from generational anxiety. And like for a lot, like growing up, I heard my family talking about, they were like, oh, that runs in the family. Anxiety rolls, runs in the family. Depression runs in the family. And that, I'm, not, I'm sorry, guys, but that really stuck with me. But he broke that off of me. And he actually broke that off of me last year. But I picked it back up because I surrounded myself like still I had that thought that I wasn't good enough because I hadn't admitted yet that I was angry with God. I was I was so mad at him for five years, especially last year, because I talked about it in my last testimony. I was taking, I had a bag full. I took that same bag to camp this year, but instead it was filled with um, my Bible and this notebook and a ton of colorful pens because I love pens. <laughs> It wasn't filled with all those different medications that I took, and I didn't have to be angry anymore. Um, So I'm free from all that. Um, He also revealed to me that we not only have the power to declare over other people that they have freedom and they have his portion of love, protection, and hope, but we also have the authority over ourselves. We can declare that over ourselves. Like, it is such a big thing to me that I was like, I'm sorry I did that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I thought I wasn't good enough when you were telling me and people around me were telling me that. We, like, 
you have the power of that. And he told me, like, he was like, he said, you have the power in your words. And I was like, no, I don't. That's your power, not me. He goes, no, you stepping into your faith and stepping into that, that's your power. You're lighting that power. I'm there and I'm speaking through you, but you lit the fuse first because you opened the door. And I feel like a lot of us don't open the door for God. Like, he's knocking. He's not. A lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, she's yelling at me. No, like, really? Like, even the quiet voice. It was day three. Oh, my gosh. Day three is when I lost my voice from literally sobbing so bad. Day three was terrible. <laughs> um, I remember there was, uh, I don't remember what the altar call was for. I just knew that I needed to go down there. I was praying. I was crying. And I distinctly remember five staff members looked at me, locked eyes with me as I was crying, and walked past me. The rest of the staff members walked the complete opposite way. There was one girl, like, she didn't look exactly like me, but, like, it was kind of like when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want to be like her. I want to have blonde hair. And, like, I want to be so cool I can have a pink strand in my hair. That was a girl that I was like, I wanted that. And the girl that prayed for me, she had blonde hair. She had a pink strip in her hair. And she was so beautiful. And there was just such a light shining on her face. And she's praying over me. And she, I told her only a snippet. I told her a little bit. And she started praying over the things that I hadn't said before. Started praying over the things that only me and God knew. And it was crazy. And um, I'm going to get into spiritual warfare. It wasn't like Zoe's, but it was... It was so real. Like, I, every time I went to go down or every time I went to admit to God that I was angry and apologize, there was literally, it felt like somebody's claws were in my, like, on my jaw and on my body, and I stopped crying. And I was like, this isn't for me. And it just kept going and going, and I couldn't open my mouth. I couldn't fall. Eventually, I just sat down. I was like, this isn't for me. And my mom was like, I hope these people stop praying for me. Nola over there literally loved her so much. I didn't even know it was her until the end. She was talking to me before that service. She was like, oh, if I pray for people, they're not going to be able to hear me. She had no voice. It was literally just scratchiness anytime she said anything. But he was praying. she was praying over me. And God made her voice so clear. I didn't even know that it was her. But he was speaking through her. And I finally was able to open my mouth. And it was, it was like people talk about listen for the quiet voice, but that is honestly so hard. That's so much easier to say than to actually do. And, like, there was a quiet voice. He was like, speak. And it was just a whisper. It was a faint whisper. I swear if I was not paying attention, I would not be able to hear it because I do not have great hearing at all. But I heard it, and I started crying. And I was saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being mad. I'm sorry for doing all those things to myself. And it was... I got free from all of that, and day four, I'm speeding up a little bit, day four, not night four, day four, I felt like I needed to pray for select three people, and I did, I stepped into that, and all three of them, whether they spoke about it or not, had an encounter with God that night and that morning. One of them was Ava, which was really cool, because she got called out, and I was like, like, oh, okay, girl. But <laughs> night four, um, I felt like I needed to find our nation lead because my story connected so 
like crazily with her. And it was, anytime I was looking for someone, it was like the group of people just moved. Like as soon as I turned around, everyone moved. She was already crying. She was already looking at me. I went, I talked to her and she prophesied over me. She was like, you're called to minister. Like my calling and everything, she said that to me. I was like, oh, okay. I fell out and he told me, he was like, thank you for praying this morning. Thank you for stepping into that. Thank you for accepting it. Thank you for telling me how you feel. And I cried yesterday saying it, but I don't think I'm going to cry today. It was my dad's voice, and he was saying, I'm proud of you. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, he was saying that he was proud of me, and he told me to go pray, and I prayed for a ton of people. And I don't know if y'all know, but Terry does not talk to us. He probably talked to the boys about it, but he did not talk to the girls at all about what he was praying for. And he said it up here that it was just between him and God started praying over him, and he just fell out. And he told me later, he was like, that was so powerful. He was like, I didn't, have never even said that out loud to anyone. I was like, okay. And it was really cool because that really showed me that, like, just because of my past, like, he never left me, and I have that power. And just because I didn't grow up in the church, that I have that power and that I'm okay. Um... I'm going to get into my scriptures now. My first scripture is, I have a few, but they're not long, Joel, I promise. (laughs) They're not like a big story. My first scripture is Psalm 73, 26 in the ESV version. It says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And that stuck out to me because it really shows that no matter our failure of our flesh, no matter our thoughts, he's never left us, and he was just building us more. And his portion, there was a song that was going on. It was, his portion is love, hope, and peace. And I really needed that, and that was really good to hear. Um, And then another one, I actually got this scripture last year, and it had to do with comparison and living for other people. And I accepted that last year, but this year was real different. It's Galatians 1.10. It says, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And that really stuck out to me because for forever I was living my life trying to please other people, changing my personality. I went through friend group through friend group, changing myself. In this camp, I found who I was. I found the people found a group of people that I can just confide in, Morgan, Fallon, Gracie, Nola, and Lainey, and Ava, and Zoe. I just felt such a big connection to them, and Izzy, and it was just a big connection with them, and I'm so happy that he showed me that, like, even though these people grew up in the church, and they act okay, that they were dealing with kind of the same things as me, and that really shows that we're never alone, and he never left us, and that God loves us. Yay, yay, yay. All right, we got three more. We're done, I promise. Three more. We got Fallon, and then we got Gracie, and then Casey's going to close it out. If I miss anybody else, let me know, but that's the order. Fallon, Gracie, Casey. And they, and they promised they would get us out as quick as they could, but they're going let to the let the Lord speak. You got this. Okay. I got this. So, so my voice is like, uh, And um, so I wrote this huge, like, big paragraph. And I was very insecure about it. 
And I was like, okay, is this good enough? And I sent it to Serena at like almost 10 o'clock at night. I was like, is this good? And she goes, yeah. And so like today, I'm not even going to use that. And God was telling me like, Fallon, like you didn't, you, that was your flesh talking in that paragraph, not you. And so I had not told anybody this, not even like Morgan. And I tell her everything, everything. And so I had been struggling with the spirit of death for a long time. And I was like, oh, yeah, what if this world didn't have me in it? Like, what would it be like? Would I be happier? Would my people be happier? Like, what if I wasn't here? And so I ran up to the front, and this random staff member, I don't remember if her name was Addie, Abby, or Allie. It had the A and the I. And uh, she, she started praying over me. And I remember just, like, falling out for the first time. And I knew I was going to have my first falling out because before we had even left, Pastor Greg, Joel, and Terry all came after me. And they all put it, like, it was different times, but my knees started buckling, and I was like, okay, first falling out was going to happen. After that first falling out and getting healed from the spirit of death, it just kept happening and happening and happening. And so I'm going to brag on my Izzy for a little bit. I got my calling months ago when Terry and Mandy and Joel and Serena first stepped in their position. Terry and Mandy came up to me one day and said, you're going to go into ministry. And I was like, "Uh, okay, yeah, no, no, not for me. And so I always thought that I wasn't enough because of everything that I went through with my mom and my dad and my sister. I was like, yeah, no. And so I thought I was just going to stay local, sometimes not even local. And Izzy comes up to me, and she starts talking, and she was like, okay, Fallon, you're coming to the nations with me. And I was like, uh, okay. And she, said, she started saying, like, you are enough. Like, you're enough. You're enough. And she starts, like, prophesying over me, and I, I'm dead on the ground. And um, I just remember Izzy, like, she was going at it. Don't remember what she said. She just said, you are enough. Then I remember getting back up, and Izzy was like, okay, I got to go. I'll be right back. And so I took a breather for a little bit, and I just see Izzy coming down. She's running, pushing people. And I was like, oh, crap, I already know she's coming for me. And Izzy, she just puts her hand back, and I'm back on the ground. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of the aisle. And I push, like, Carly and Morgan and Logan. They're all going over, over. And so I get back up, and Terry gets a hold of me, and Terry is, Terry's going at it. This was the only th- time, luckily, that Terry got a hold of me. Luckily. Thank you, Terry, for not coming after me. I did. Terry goes, um, you have to say yes. Like, this is your night. Like, come on. And I don't even remember which night. My nights are scrambled. And uh, I was like, okay. Okay, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. I get on the like armrest of the chairs and I'm coming towards Terry and Terry starts going, you gotta say yes and like now, this is your time. And so I'm like yelling yes, like Terry made me yell yes as loud as I possibly could and that's why my voice is ugh. And that's not also the only reason, um, but that was one of the main reasons. And he said, okay, go. And so I go out one time and I was like, okay, I'm done. So I go back into my little box that I had, and I start praying over Morgan. And 
Terry comes back at me and he goes, what are you doing? Get out of your box and go. And I'm like, okay. And so I get back up on the uh, armrest and I remember all of the seniors that went as leaders, they were helping me across. And I remember Joe was at the end and Joe basically like, it felt like he pushed me and he said, okay, go. And he just pushed me. And I was, I was just standing there, and I, was, and I got this huge vision of this girl. Don't know her name. I just remember she had this multicolored shirt, and I was like, okay, you struggled with abandonment like I did. This girl, she started crying, and she told me her life story. She was like, okay, I was adopted. My, my biological parents left me when I was very young, and I just, I was like, okay. That was a lot, a lot at me. And so, um, started praying over her. And she went from being like a toy soldier up all the way up to bowing. Like she was, it was crazy. So then fast forward to the next night, or I don't remember when, but um, I prayed for Kylie. I do remember that. And that girl was, oh, I had the chills, not only her. And I remember leaving her, and I went to Gracie, and I learned that it's easier to pray for strangers than it is my best friend. And that hit hard. I cried about that. I was like, okay. And so then, let me go back to the night that I was talking about. I went over the seat to pray for Kylie, and that role got reversed. She ended up praying for me. Then I remember Kaylee, Kylie, Jacob, Nola, and Morgan were all around me. And I got, I went on the ground for a little bit, and I was like, okay, I got to get up. I got to get up. got to get up. I did not fall back. That time, I was going forward into the road before me. And uh, I don't even remember all that happened. I just remember going up to Kaylee and being like, thank you. Oh, my God, thank you. And she was like, I didn't do anything. I said, yeah, you didn't do anything, but you had the option to say yes or no. And so she ended up saying, you're welcome. Like, that was the first time I ever talked to Kaylee. I was like, oh, yeah, upperclassmen. Like, yeah. And uh, so I ended up getting out of my comfort zone, and I went and talked to her for a little bit. But backtracking back, um, I went, oh, crap, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, no. Um, I'm like Josh. I'm pulling a Josh. Um, oh, no, not again. <laughs> Oh, so I just remember, like, just sitting there, and I remember, I remember, this was on 4th of July. That was not my day either. I remember the toilet because DMI, I could not take a crap all week. <laughs> just sitting there, and I remember I hear gunshots, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm dying on the toilet. And Mandy and them are all screaming in the kitchen. And I'm just sitting there. And I'm like, y'all, what the crap? And I remember getting a word on the toilet. Like, <laughs> I just remember saying, like, okay, it's time for you to go out and move mountains. And uh, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Izzy. Izzy was like, okay, you're enough. And I was like, okay. So... I realized sitting on the toilet that I was enough to go out and move mountains in like all across the seas, all across everywhere. And yeah, let me tell you all my verse now. Um, 
Sorry, that was TMI, but it was really needed to be shared. And, uh, I just remember Mandy in, in, going through intercession, and um, she was saying all these stuff, and I was just like, oh, yeah, that was me. Me. Sorry, bro. And, um, okay, let me find my scripture now. It was 1 John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit that but tests the spirits to see whether they are from God, but because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And that's all I add. Gracie! Are you, are you still going? Are you good? Yeah, Gracie. Gracie, last one, last youth, last youth. Hi. <laughs> so, before camp, I felt, like, unseen, um, because I've always, like, um... Like, I felt like God wasn't acknowledging me. And um, I had gotten delivered from things last year with, like, generational curses, like, with my dad and stuff. And um, it's not those that I picked up um, again, but I picked up, like, a couple other things. And I know I shouldn't have done that. But in it, as it says in Matthew 12, 44 through 45, then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes it with seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And in the final condition of that person is worse than it was before. Um, and it came, for me, it came back seven times harder than it was before. And so I came to camp, and I was like, I was really expecting. I was like, okay, I'm going to get free from this. I'm going to get free from that. And I was just, like, really excited. Um... So we come to the first day, and I was feeling nothing. I was like, um, what's going on? What's going on, okay? And so Izzy came up to me, and she was like, she was like, you're going to be a worship leader, and you're going to go all over the nations, and you're going to sing, and that nothing can die down your voice um, because God gave you a gift. And I was like, oh, my God, because, like, oh, my gosh. And so... Um, came around to the second night, and I wasn't feeling anything. And I was like, God, like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be moving in me. I'm supposed to be getting, I had expectations. I was like, I'm going to get free from that. I'm going to get free from that. No, nope, nothing happened. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, this is what's going on. And so come around the third night, same thing. And then when we got to the last night, um, was it the last night? I don't know. Fallon was praying over me, and she was like, I know that you feel unseen, Gracie. And I was like, what? No, I don't. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and she was like, God knows you're there, and he sees you, and he's speaking over you, and you're just, you are so up in your head that you just can't hear him. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> and so I kind of just like, I brushed it off. I was like, no, I, I got this. I got this. Mandy said the same thing to me, and I was like, wait, hold on. And then, um... I, I felt like I wasn't living for God, but I was living for myself. And I was putting my light down so that I could sugarcoat it for other people because I didn't want to seem weird or crazy or I didn't want to go out and be 
um, such a light for God because right now in our generation, it's not very popular to be so on fire for God anymore. It's kind of just like you stay in your shell and you do this and you do that, but you don't really do things for God anymore. And I still struggle with that, and I'm trying to um, do things that people in my generation aren't doing. And I know it's going to be like, I know it's going to be really weird, and people are going to think I'm weird, but I'm just going to have to accept that I'm different, I'm unique, and God made me to do things for him, and I'm going to do those things for him, even if other people are going to be like, Ew. you know what I mean? But um, So it says... Um, in Matthew 6.15, but if you do not forgive others for their sins, um, your Father will not forgive your sins. And I struggle a lot with grudges and um, being petty. And, <laughs> and so I had a spirit of unforgiveness in my heart. And I remember, is it Abby that y'all call her? Whatever. She came and she prayed over me and she was like, do you have unforgiveness in your heart? I was like, No. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and um, in that, like, midst of then, I forgave the people in my past that I hadn't forgiven. And I remember she just, like, put her hand on my head, and I was, like, I was, like, on the floor. <laughs> um, it was just crazy. And I was, like, I had such an encounter. But, yeah. All right, guys. It's our last one of the day. Uh, we're going to close it out with Casey. Um, Casey has been a rock for these kids for years. He is the staple in this youth group, and I saved him for last for a reason. Come on up, Casey. Um, he has been pouring over your kids for longer than anybody else in this church, and we love him so much. <laughs> I knew y'all were going to do that. Um... So, the past two years at camp were more than I could have expected. Um, and as y'all saw from my Facebook posts, we had trouble even getting there. But we made it. Um, past two years, I was registered as a leader. And... That's always shown by the color of the lanyards. Well, this year, I was registered as a pastor. And I didn't feel worthy of that. I just kind of thought, you know, maybe someday, and went on about the week kind of regarded it as a mistake. And I let it kind of control what happened all week until finally Friday, um, they had a pastor's lunch. So Joe and Serena go to that and we go grab lunch and come back for the leadership session. After the leadership session, we get the kids back to where we were staying, and Joel and Serena stopped me. They said that Aubriana Carter, the, one of the directors of the camp, 
had stopped the pastor's lunch to apologize because she'd been expecting someone she'd seen a word for to be there. And she described me to a T. They showed her a picture. She said, that's him. He needs to come find me. I still wasn't feeling like I was where I needed to be, though. And I tried to go find her, and she told me to come back after worship. So I went back to my seat, and I went back to worship and trying to find where I felt I needed to be when somebody comes up and puts a hand on my shoulder and asks to pray for me. And the word he had for me was that God forgives me. And at that point, I knew what I had done wrong because two other people throughout the day had said that this was no mistake. And then when Aubriana came and found me, she prayed a refreshing over my calling and not that I would be a youth pastor, but that I am one of these kids' pastors. That's it, guys. <laughs> when you tend a flock, when you shepherd sheep, when you take on the role of spiritual warfare for someone else, when you have a, sh- a flock, you are a pastor. And Casey has been a pastor to these kids for a long time. He loves them. He's poured into them. We thank him for everything he's done. Um, and guys, and I, I know this has gone long today, but I'm unapologetic because, because these encounters that they had are not just for them here. They're here for their life, for a generational change. These kids are going to go out and they're going to change the school. They're going to change this youth group. They're going to change this church. And I wanted to give them the time to do that. Um, so I thank the church for allowing me to do that and giving us the freedom to do that. So stand to your feet. Dear Lord, 